Welcome back to Mondays Down South. Just Sinai again for two weeks in a row, unfortunately. So we figured we'd shake it up, you know. Um, it's obviously a bummer just having the two of us for two straight weeks. So we went with the uh, the logo background. Um, we were both playing around with it. So, you know, for better or for worse, here it is. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of fun. What's up, Sai? What's up, man? I mean, I feel like it was about time we, we finally uh, embraced it. I don't know how it took us a year to kind of get on this train, but... Glad we finally did. Can I uh, can I take this segment off by by pointing to my hat and and making a big shout out to Spencer Spencer Rattler hey. and uh, his fellow tight end joining my Gamecocks this upcoming I guess spring I'll say is when they start practicing. But boy, am I riled up! I'm I'm sorry. I I had to say something about that to start this segment. It's huge. I mean, it, we have not been a team that has been able to get a player like that in a long time since we had Spurrier. I think Jadavion Clowney and maybe Marcus Lattimore are the closest things I could say to that. And I mean, granted, those two were incredible when we got them, but that was when we had Spurrier and this was almost a decade ago. And I think just the fact that Beamer in his first year of actually being on a recruiting cycle, not only has recruited very well in the sense of um, players coming out of high school, but also in the sense of getting legitimately a guy that was considered to be a Heisman candidate coming into this year. As a matter of fact, I think he was a favorite coming into this year. It didn't work out, but to get him to transfer, I think is a huge statement for the university. Um, so I just really wanted to take a second to say that because between him and getting the tight end, I, I'm sorry, I always forget the tight end's name because I, I get tend to get a mix up, but he was an all big 12 tight end. So it's no small deal. And I'm super duper excited to see what the Gamecocks do this upcoming fall with that. And also just to kind of see what we do with recruiting going forward. I'm very excited for Beamer. And I also kind of want to tee that up to get your thoughts on that, but also that Clemson's defensive coordinator, Venables, who was actually originally a part of the uh, Oklahoma coaching staff back when I think that Stoops is coming back to Oklahoma to be their head coach. And people have been trying to pry Venables away for a while from Dabo now because he's been a terrific defensive coordinator over at Clemson, um, great recruiter, great coach uh, in the sense of uh, coaching defenses going over there to Oklahoma. I personally think that was a great hire on Oklahoma's front and it make, seems to make perfect sense, but I also wanted to kick that over to you uh, to kind of get your thoughts on that before we get into the NFL. No doubt, man. Certainly congrats are in order. That's, an, you know, obviously a massive, massive get for you guys. I mean, even, even past preseason, you know, four or five games in, I think he was still the Heisman favorite. So you know, hopefully, hopefully the second half of that year is just kind of a fluke and, you know, maybe, I don't know, whatever it was, maybe, you know, Lincoln knew he was potentially on his way out. Maybe there was a rift out, you know, who knows, but it seems like it'll be a good fit. Um, excited for you guys getting the tight end as well. And it's a good point. I mean, the, you know, everyone's like recruiting, 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 but, but transfer portal is a huge part of that. Um, you know, I think getting transfers says just as much about, you know, your, program that you're building the school as a whole and you know the kind of you know players being attracted to that so um definitely huge in terms of Oklahoma um you know I whoever got that job I think they'll still do well you know it's such a big program it's interesting this for them to go to uh, the defensive side um you know given that they've traditionally been an, an offensive powerhouse but I think they'll be fine you know certainly a great hire Clemson obviously losing the OC and the DC this year um, I think they just actually recently promoted guys in-house um, to take over those roles. So um, certainly a big shakeup. Um, it's interesting. I was kind of joking once I heard that. I was like, man, if you're if you get the OC or DC job at Bama, Georgia, 
Clemson, like those big programs, it's just a lock. You're going to get a solid coaching job in the near future. Like that's the ultimate, like, you know, setup opportunity for that. So a lot of shakeup in some of these big programs with their, uh, their coaching stabs. Um, so I'll just see, but, you know, I think it'll be a good, uh, a good hire for them. And obviously, you know, like I said, I don't, whoever they got, I think it's just, it's Oklahoma. I think they're gonna be able to, to do pretty well. Although now they're going to the sec. So not so fast, maybe we'll have to see, but. Um, well, that's kind of why yeah. I think they went Venables because I think right. he's proven that he can, you know, take on the top of the top from the sec and from a defensive standpoint and, you know, hang in there and, and win. Like, I mean, they've beaten Bama what twice now with, with his coach defenses and he's done a terrific job of coaching that defense up. So maybe that's why Oklahoma went that route. Cause I don't know, we, we were under suspicion that maybe Lincoln rally left Oklahoma cause he didn't want to coach in the sec. And I think Venables has proven that he could potentially have success in the sec. And maybe they realized, okay, we can't just be a program that tries to put up 50 and, and can't play defense. We got to be a program that's a little more well-rounded because they've been to the college football playoffs on multiple occasions, but have never really been able to make any noise once they got there because Often their offense would put up points, but their defense couldn't stop anybody. So very excited to see what happens with Venables and just excited to have Oklahoma in the SEC. I'm really curious to see how that, uh, that translates. Not as much excited for Texas, but you know, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta take who we can get, I guess. Uh, with, but that being said, we can move on. You got any other topics you want to discuss before we get to NFL? On college football, just something funny. Obviously, everyone's been making fun of Brian Kelly for, you know, first off how he adopted a Southern accent and like his first appearance with LSU. Did you see the like little hype video they posted of their, I guess it's, uh, it was Brian Kelly and their like big quarterback recruit, I guess. Um, they posted a little hype video of the two of them. Um, I, I can't even explain it. It's just the most cringeworthy thing of like them standing back to back and like dancing and like Brian Kelly's almost doing one of these little dances. Like I'm just recommending that if you haven't seen it, go check it out on, I think it was LSU's Twitter. Like, it will make you cringe like no other. And, you know, for any people that aren't big Brian Kelly fans, you'll, you'll greatly appreciate it. So um, I thought that was funny. Um, I'll shout out if you need a college football fix, because we're, you know, not quite at the bowl season, Friday night, nine 15, uh, JMU North Dakota state in the Fargo dome going to be a barn burner. We need to even the score there at two and two over the last five years. Um, two best teams left as the number one, number one seed got knocked out last week. So should be a good one. If you need a, a good college football game to watch, um, before the bowl season kicks off, but I think that's, um, I guess that's it. No, First and foremost, best of luck to your Dukes. Thank Hope you. They sir. The win, whether they win or lose, I'll be there in New York city after yeah. the game to, uh, either celebrate I'll or come with you to celebrate or, or yeah one, well, of one, one of the two looking forward to it and you'll be there when my Colts come back around on Saturday when a huge game Patriots in a big divisional matchup so that might tee up the NFL in a very perfect way huh so I guess we can probably jump into that do you have any games right off the bat you want to discuss you want to start with the football team I feel like yeah I mean that was the biggest probably the biggest game and most of the uh most of the games flopped this weekend at least in the one o'clock slate I guess the four o'clock slate was great but the one o'clock slate was awful um yeah football team just came out completely flat on an awful first half probably honestly the worst half of football they've played all year um the Cowboys defensive line though savage savage defensive line um Micah Parsons is you know fringe defensive player of the year at this point um certainly rookie of the year um so first half just you can't play much worse you know give Dallas's defensive line credit for 
um, getting a pick six, a couple other turnovers to set up easy scores. And then the Cowboys did what the Cowboys always do, and they did everything in their power to blow the game, um, including I had actually let like, you know, I was out, out in Raleigh watching the game, blah, blah, blah. We had left three minutes left two score game. It's like, all right, I got places to get to. Um, and as I left, like the first play after that, Cole Holcomb gets the pick six. Um, and honestly, if DeAndre Carter, you know, they get the three and out, they get the ball back. If DeAndre Carter catches that ball down the sideline, Washington could have won that game um, for how awful they played. So, you know, Dallas won. They delivered on Mike McCarthy's guarantee. Give him credit. Defensive line, you know, a defensive line like 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 they have that they look like they have right now can really wreck a game is the biggest thing you know that's what we're trying to build and if they have that then you know they can make some noise but the offense does not look good right now for them Dak specifically looks awful lately he did not play well at all on Sunday they ran the ball okay even with Zeke you know being injured and Pollard being out but you know give him credit they went on the road again it's classic Cowboys they look like they're going to blow you out and then they do everything in their power to choke it. And they, they did hold on in the end, but. Yeah. They let their foot off the gas pedal in the second half because they had such a big lead happens to a lot of teams where they'll, well, they'll, you know, get, get ahead and then not game plan to be ahead by a lot. And then the team will make it way too close for comfort. We saw it pretty similarly actually with the Vikings Steelers in the Thursday night game where the Vikings had that game locked up. And again, they did everything they could almost in a very similar way to give us Steelers. And the Steelers almost won that game, which is crazy. Like they almost came back and scored and won that game in a game where I think the Vikings were up like what, like 28 to nothing or something. It was crazy. Yeah, 20, 20, but, I think, yeah. yeah. And I know we'll get into that, but the other thing that I want to say is, you know, I, I'm not worried about Dak because I personally think that he played really well against the saints the week before. And even in the two weeks before that, when he was playing without, his top two receivers, um, Gallup had just gotten back and Cedric Wilson was playing. He still had some pretty solid games in, in, in the sense of putting up points on the offensive front. This was one of his roughest, uh, especially in the second half. I think one thing that I've noticed with Dak is if he doesn't have a run game, though, that's when I worry a little bit more about him. And with Pollard being out and Zeke playing at not even – I would argue that Zeke at this point is playing at less than 50%. I don't understand why – I mean, he got less carries than – I can't remember – Corey Clement. Yeah, he got less carries than him. So clearly, it was mainly second half, like you said, though, when they were blowing us out, they went to Clement. So Zeke. Well, got that's a that's part of why part of why I'm concerned, right? Because I think if they had a you know a better run game, then then I think maybe they could have. They ran the ball well, though. I mean, not amazing, but they almost had four yards of carry um, on a lot of volume. So they didn't run the ball bad. But I think I think you feel more comfortable running with more consistency if you have both you guys at a more at a more healthy case. I just think that's probably their biggest concern right now on offense, because I'm not as worried about if they can establish the run. I'm not worried about Dak, Dak getting his three studs of receivers. And even a fourth guy was pretty solid um, as a fourth receiver, the ball, like they've all been playing pretty well. Like the, the, my main thing being, I'm not as worried about Dak. I just think they need to be able to establish a run on offense for them to really have success because play action is so big for what they do. And I personally think that that offense was always, even though they got all these stud receivers, the offense always was predicated on the offensive line and running the football before all before they built this this offense. I still think Dallas looks good. I think the second half was not good. They, like you said, they they you know worked a little too hard to help you guys get back in that game because that was an absolute blowout. I mean, it was. I would almost say similar to your game with the Seahawks, where it was like you know you said you had control essentially the whole time, and then you just did some dumb stuff and kind of let them back in. And I think the Cowboys did the same thing. Uh, not super worried about them. 
I think they'll be fine. I think they got the division locked up at this point with the three-game lead. Uh, That's the biggest thing about this win is they can now probably rest Zeke. You know, it got a little dicey there when they were – there were rumors they were thinking about it. Um, You know, now they probably can – you know, maybe lay off them a little, a little bit, you know, it's not complete. Well, plus they do want to play for seating, but um, well, they're not going to get a buy at this point. There's only one buy. So you probably lay off Zeke, but they, although they, they want to be at home. Well, see, the interesting thing is that the Cowboys are better on the road than they are at home this year. Like they, all their awful losses have come at home. Like that Denver game, um, the Raiders game. Um, so I don't know. I think if they get bothered. I think if yeah. they get Pollard back, then yeah, you can rest Zeke. But if they don't get Pollard back, then then it's gonna be tough for them. It's gonna be really hard to say, okay, let's just like, I think they might do it week the last week of the season, but I don't think they're gonna do it the the rest of the season. That's or maybe the last two weeks. I don't know. It just really depends on how the rest of the year plays out. Uh, but at the same time, uh, football team still got a chance to bounce back, obviously, because you guys got the Eagles twice in the next couple of weeks, and it's basically down to y'all, the Eagles the Vikings and maybe the saints are probably the, the four that are most likely to, for that last spot. Cause it's, are you like really assuming good. the Niners lock up the six? You're saying? I'm not assuming, but it seems but, like a yeah. really good shot that what six door seven, it seems like the Niners are probably going to get in. So yeah. Saints and even Atlanta records wise have a chance, but yeah, the, the COVID though, I mean, like now, I guess with the new variant, it's like the COVID issues across the league are so bad. So like we had right before the Cowboys game, we lost our other two defensive ends. So we were like our top four defensive ends were all out. And then this week, John Allen, now obviously most of these guys are vaccinated and can still play, but like John Allen's on the COVID list now, Kendall Fuller's on the COVID list now. You got other teams, like I know Beckham, um, the Browns have like eight guys. Like it's getting, it's getting to that point where anything can happen. So get away from each other no practice just stay away from each other go go um, eat what you want to eat and chill for a little bit because right. like it's like we we're talking about last week i was like i hate this late late season vibe but in a way it kind of worked out worked out well not that it's gonna uh make a difference in that way but i see what you're saying though i i, I but the playoff picture is still pretty wide open in the nfc in terms of that uh later wild card spot but it looks like the divisions are looking pretty solid on, on that end i mean i don't think the rams will will try we can talk about that game i don't know that the rams are they could but i doubt they catch arizona unless arizona loses like two to three of the next of the, of the remainder of the schedule because oh, uh, what's head uh yeah division record yeah they would need to pass them because i think division records the second tiebreaker because they've split yeah. so they would need to get two on them but cardinals have you know Colts, Cowboys, Seattle, all losable games, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Rams, they didn't necessarily need it per se, but if they wanted a chance at the division, they needed it. And they did almost need it from a momentum perspective, like coming in, yeah. really not playing well. So to get a big win is huge. Um, now, you know, there's that little bit of doubt in the, in the Cardinals now. If they start to slumber a little bit here. I mean, James Conner came up with an injury. No word yet on the MRI, but um, – We'll have to see. Good for the Rams, though, going in there, get it done. Although, you know, then they wake up Monday morning and have a bunch of guys come off uh, to the COVID list, including Odell. But yeah, fingers um, crossed they can, you know, get those negative tests and and uh, get back that next next week. Because I hate to see, especially like big time competitive teams and teams that are competing for playoffs, uh, be in that position. Because the last thing you want is because of COVID. But you got to do what you got to do to to get the dub. But Rams look good, man. They look good. They they 
beat the Cardinals. It was a close game, but it was, you know, after the Cardinals beat them earlier in the year, it was they needed to kind of make that statement to prove that, you know, they're still a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. And after that game, I got some restored faith in them because um, if you look at previous weeks, I think it's last week they obviously um, trounced the Jaguars, but you expect that. But the few weeks before that, I think there was a lot of concern because, yeah, they played good teams, but they weren't really keeping it very close. So I'm very excited to see that they're back in it. And I could very much, if, I mean, if they get, if they get hot, I mean, if they could go win the Super Bowl. So that they have that kind of talent and really good to see Odell Beckham Jr. balling again. And I think this goes to prove the dysfunction of, of Baker Mayfield and the Browns and, and Odell in a little way. I'm not saying. I mean, he had one game. He had one game, but. What do you mean? He's got four, four straight games of touchdowns, right? Since well, but the, I mean, the other games, he just had a couple catches though, I think. Yeah, but even then, you get yeah, if you, he was only on the field for I think what thirty percent of the snaps for his first early couple. Early on, yeah. Like, that's that's about as good as you can do in that time frame. Odell's still Odell. I mean, he's not as good as he was on the Giants, but he's still very much one of the best second receiver options in the NFL. And you could make an argument could be a one in, on on specific teams. So really excited to see him back. Um, any thoughts? Any additional thoughts on that game? Um, no, Van Jefferson too has been playing really well. So he adds another weapon there. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see um, how it happens as we uh, as we move along. We know the Rams have the talent to match up with the the uh, Packers, Bucks, obviously the Cardinals. They just beat them on the road, so um, we'll have to see. But I guess move along here. Um, stick with the one o'clock. It's nothing too exciting, but a big win for the the Browns. Although they did it by knocking out Lamar Jackson earlier in the game, so and almost blew it at the end, but. Um, you know, that keeps them alive in the hunt. Um, speaking of, of hunts, no, no pun intended. It looks like cream hunt is out, um, now for some amount of time that I have no idea. The other big news is, um, Derek Henry, his season is not over after all. Crazy. And all of a sudden, if the Titans get it rolling, I'm, I, I don't know what the deal is with the wide receivers, but I, I think they're expected to get them back at some point. Leo's back. He played this weekend. Right. And then AJ, I mean. AJB is obviously the big one, but they could all of a sudden get it rolling. I think it's looking like maybe to start the playoffs, they'll get Derrick Henry back, not before. All of a sudden, and they could, you know, could be in favorable, you know, playing conditions, being at home, given that where they're standing now, if they can hold on to that. You know, if they get Derrick Henry back, maybe we slept on the Titans a little too soon, thinking that he was done, obviously, but, you know, they could get it rolling again. Yeah, um, their defense played well against the Jaguars. I don't know what that means, but still, uh, getting Derrick Henry back obviously completely changes changes the complexion of that team. The question is, will they get Derrick Henry back that we know, or will they get Derrick Henry back that rush back to try to provide help in the playoffs? Because we don't know, right? Because it's a pretty major injury for him to come back. I, I genuinely thought that he wouldn't play the rest of the season and, and take the time and come back next year and be that guy that we know to be just unstoppable as a force in the NFL. And We'll see. I mean, if he's coming back, I'm sure he's got something left in the tank and 70% of Derrick Henry is better than most. So I can't, uh, it, again, it changes the complexion of that team. Granted, I'll give Deontay Foreman and, and company a shout out because I find that even with Henry out, they've found a way to keep running the ball um, at a decent pace and, 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 you know, provide some support to Ryan Tannehill. But yeah, no, I mean, if Henry comes back and they keep the division, it's, it's not going to be, they're not going to be a team that people are excited to play in the playoffs because they'll beat you up and, and bruise you. So see what happens with that. I, I don't know though. I, I'm not going to get, 
I'm not going to get ahead of myself until because the report needs to play. You know, but he needs we'll, to play. we'll have to see. We'll have to see like what he looks like when it go closer to that tape. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, <laughs> the the Raiders decided to have a, a little pregame huddle on top of the Chiefs logo and then proceeded to get drop uh, allow almost 50 points and uh you know give up 35 by halftime and the chiefs i know we're going to come on here and say the chiefs are back their offense is also back but again this was the same team that they had their other offense about first again so i think they just might have the raiders number i don't know but the defense specifically continues to dominate and like we mentioned last week if the offense gets back to what you know the typical chiefs offense then um you know with the defense they've all of a sudden developed you know that is a problem for the everyone, not just the AFC, but they're just finding a way to win. Man. And, and I <laughs> doesn't, you know, it might not be impressive always this week was, but they're finding a way to win. And that's, you know, I, I, I can't fault them for that. That's that's all I can say. They're finding a way to win. And like you said, if that off, offense kicks into the gear, this Thursday night's going to be huge because if they lose that game, the Chargers take the division lead. So this is going to be a prove it moment because if they win this one, then, then I'm hundred. I don't care if they win by one point. Then I'm hundred percent saying that they are a force to be reckoned with in the AFC because they're finding a way to beat the good teams. That's really all that matters, right? Like so, I, I I'm curious to see what happens with that game. But still, nonetheless, forty-eight to nine. I don't care who you're playing. That's an extremely impressive victory. Chargers are playing well too. So like you said, it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a game. And not too much to add on the Chiefs. Obviously, you know. It's just going to blow out from the beginning. But I did laugh at the Raiders trying to make a statement with their little pregame huddle on the logo. And then you just go out and get embarrassed. So that was probably a mistake. But um, I guess the only other, I mean, the Green Bay game, I, I didn't actually watch it. I had an early fight the next morning, but I was kind of follow, loosely following the score. I was like, that was wild. The Bears scoring on special teams and some big plays. And then Aaron. You know, he's got a broken toe, but he sure doesn't look like it. I mean, he's just been tearing it up. Devontae Adams, two scores. Um, now with the Cardinals losing, I think it's definitely uh, definitely Green Bay at the top of my pecking order, um, if not already then, before. That's one thing that I, I, I will, like, not to toot my own horn, but I will give myself credit for that because I've been saying, I don't know, since like week three or four, I was like, I understand the Cardinals and all these teams have a more complete team and better records, but there's just something about Green Bay this year that really stands out to me in the sense of when you watch them play and that has held true like ever since as a matter of fact it's probably even amplified because even when they've been hurt or even when they've had COVID issues or even when Aaron Rodgers is playing with a broken toe or whatever it is they're finding a way to just win and not just win but win decisively against against teams so really impressed with Green Bay and man what the Bears this guy comes into your stadium and tells you he still owns you and then he comes and owns you again. Like, you guys got to respond better. I understand it's Aaron Rodgers, but come on, guys. You let up 350 yards and four TDs. You're putting up uh, Hall of Fame numbers on you per usual. It's, it's, that's got to suck to be a Bears fan and watch Rodgers play against you. There's only so much the Bears can do, you know. But um, speaking of the NFC, though, the other big game, um, obviously the Bucks taken, taken to overtime by the Bills. Um, kind of almost had that game in control, and then the Bills came back late. Um, because again, that was kind of a desperation game for the bills, despite the fact that it was a, you know, brutally difficult game to go on the road and play the bucks, but they're all of a sudden, um, I guess they still have the seven, but they are really close to falling out of the wild card race. And, you know, Josh brought them back with the bucks. I mean, again, they needed overtime, but they're starting to round into form here, um, a little bit with a nice win over the, a desperate bills team. 
um, who hopefully can, can pick it back up and, and give us another uh, AFC contender to watch. But that was a heck of a game. I would consider that picking it back up. If you go, I mean, if you go on the road and play the Buccaneers and take them into overtime, you tie the game at the end, you take them into overtime. That's a darn good game on their end because, I mean, that's, that's – you don't expect them to win that, but they almost did. So I can't fault them for that. They still look like a team that – you know, I, here's the thing. I understand my Colts, you know, tranched the Bills a few weeks ago, but I'm not excited about the notion of playing the Buffalo Bills as a wildcard team if I'm a division champ because – that's a team that can go beat anybody. They have that talent with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and just being able to maybe not play, maybe not be so good on the trenches with running the ball or stopping it, but on the flip side, like their ability to, to force turnovers in, in the back end and then also, you know, put up big points with, with Allen and Diggs and Davis and Sanders, like and Dawson Knox, who's really come up. Like they have a, they have a team that you don't really want to play. And that was a great game, more power to them. You know, for once, I'm really happy Tom Brady won that game though, because that gave literally my Colts sat idle this week. And it and in sitting idle this week with the losses of I believe the Bengals and the Bills, we slid into sixth in the wild card and we're officially a wild card team in the week we didn't play. So that was really clutch for us. But again, the AFC wild card picture is wide open. Even the Chargers, they have the they have the first wild card spot locked up, but they play the Chiefs and Stars. And if they lose that game, the first wild card spot is is, is up for grabs too. So it really just comes down to um, what happens going forward flip side of that though is we also had the other nfc afc matchup with the mm-hmm. niners and the Bengals both competing for wild card spots and that was a great game yeah that that was um probably the game of the week there um I, that would have been a really impressive win for the Bengals, to be honest and not like a season saving necessarily but i mean if you win that game then you're feeling a lot more confident because um, now they fall to nine. It looks like right into that jumble, a seven and six jumble where Denver is still involved, seven and six, and obviously Cleveland now. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, a great game overall. I mean, I think we all agree that the Niners are a good team. I'm not sold on them as being like in a, you know, super consistently solid team, but you know, the Bengals being at home gave them an edge and um, yeah, no, just a, a really well-played game all around. Brandon, I, you, I don't know how he turned that corner and, um, dove to that pylon, but um, that shows the uh, the speed that guy has. So tough loss for the Bengals would have been a really huge um, win for them. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Not too much to fault the Bengals necessarily, other than the fact that maybe a missed opportunity when you get it to overtime there. You know, uh, the one thing I will say is if you are playing fantasy football and you got the playoffs coming up, if Elijah Mitchell is not playing, basically start Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle because. When Debo Samuel plays running back for them, George Kittle is the best receiver in the NFL. And then Brandon Ayuk becomes a legit wide receiver too after the beginning of the year, not even like playing and one of these playing games their receptions. It's such a hilarious concept to me that Kyle Shanahan will just be like, oh, here's another like, you know, four running backs. But if Elijah Mitchell's not playing, I'm just going to take my number one wide receiver who was like second in the league in receptions and go put him at running back, give him like eight carries a game and like, you know, two targets. And then I'll just like Garoppolo throw it to George Kittle like 15 times. He'll catch 12 of those catches for like 170 yards and two touchdowns. Back-to-back weeks, George Kittle's put up like absurd numbers. And even the week before that, he put up really good ones. And then Ayuk is, is scoring touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of a beautiful thing to have to have just an offensive coach that's willing to just mess with things in that way and make everybody find a role and, and, and be a part of the success, even when they're dealing with injuries or 
one guy being in and one guy being out. That's something I'm really impressed with Shanahan with, with the second half of the season. Cause I think beginning of the season, he was getting a lot of flack and people were saying, Oh, it was Shanahan overrated and this and that. And I very much, you know, kind of, I've always felt that he's an incredible offensive coach. And I think he's proving that more than ever in the second half. And I mean, I can't like, I can't disrespect the Bengals for losing the Niners that the dude lost to a good team, but I think that makes us more of a statement for the Niners in the sense of, again, if they make the playoffs, there is nothing about that team that makes me feel like they can't do what they did the year they went to the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl when they lost by one possession to the, uh, was the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's starting to look more like their Super Bowl formula. I'm not, I'm not convinced they have like a as well-rounded and overall solid team as, as they did then, obviously. But kind of the the formula they're using, where like you said, they don't need a ton of guys on offense. Uh, but they got some darn good ones that they can just feed the ball and, and be really creative with how they uh, how they use them. And, you know, they should they should get Eli back, I would imagine, at some point. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Anything else on the, the recap before we jump into maybe some picks? Got some big games coming up this weekend. I just want to give a shout-out to Cooper Cup because <laughs> I just – I'm sorry. Every week I watch this guy, and every week I think to myself, okay, this has got to be the game. Like, the first half of this game was when I thought to myself, okay – is this going to be the week that this guy doesn't, you know, put up some absurd numbers? And I'm like, nah, he'll be fine. And then I literally like go back, come back. This guy's put up like 35 points of fantasy over hundred yards receiving touchdown. I it's actually ridiculous as to how good Cooper cup is this season. And it's, this is a historic season. And I don't think that for whatever reason, a lot of people, when we talk about it, but we don't talk about it the way that we did when Randy Moss was having a historic season or when Harrison was having a historic season or, you know, Devontae Adams like for some reason I don't feel like Cooper Cup gets that kind of credit maybe it's because he is originally a slot guy and I don't know I have no idea but it's honestly insane as to what he's been able to accomplish this season and he has not slowed down he's not skipped a beat it's wild yeah well and you know this obviously our MDS conglomerate team needed Cooper Cup to go under 38 points in half PPR to uh, to make the playoffs and I was like I was never supremely confident in that knowing what cup can do and he honestly he had an opportunity to score that touchdown late um like if he gets that oh man it would have been tight it would have been tight but um yeah he, he's amazing um he just he does he does it in a different way than like a randy moss right randy moss is very in your face and flashy like down the field like quote you know mossing people i mean heck it's named after him um, and more of that one-on-one, but Cooper Cup just a little more crafty, you know, it helps that to have McVeigh um, as his coach to scheme him open a little bit, but I mean, he's just, uh, he's amazing at this point and, you know, shout out those that drafted him in that fourth, fifth middle round there, that league winner type, uh, type performance. That's for sure. If he keeps it up through the playoffs, but yeah, should we crank out some picks? in the regular season and every single one of those leagues cooper cup was one of my draft picks so i think that just goes to point you some guys can really just do something in those mid rounds that we can't speak on more than just their performance on the field so i just i just want to give him a shout out because i'm riding the high with him really setting up some teams for success here so go cooper cup sounds good well, let's crank it out here. Um, we do have some pretty significant um, leagues, or I guess, you know, whatever we want to call it, standings for our picks this week. 
Um, we've got a new leader, Sai. You've uh, passed Zach by narrow, like 0.4 percentage points, thanks to um, Zach being idle this week. Didn't even send his picks in remotely, and, and this was a huge, like, you know, 12 and two from a favorites perspective. So all th- or both of us, I should say, went 12 and two, which was in line with a number of favorites that won. But, you know, given that's such a big, uh, a big week for you, you narrowly passed Zach by mere percentage points, both at that 63% number, um, which is about in line with the number of favorites that won. So although technically the guests are higher than that, but, you know, the guests don't pick every week. So, you know, if they get an easy week, it bumps up their percentages. But um, and also disappointingly, we didn't actually put our a parlay in this week, but I'm pretty sure we would have hit it right with uh, San Francisco, Seattle and Green Bay, I think we're the three that would have settled on. That's all right. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep grinding away at it. Um, started off with you know, arguably um, the biggest game of the week as first place in the AFC West is on the line, Kansas city going to SoFi stadium to take on the chargers in a rematch of a game. The chargers took earlier in the year. Um, Kansas city is favored by three points on the road over under 51 and a half. Start us off. My friend. I'll take, I'll take Kansas city. I think they'll split the series. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a tough game. Chargers have really started picking it up. Um, Keenan Allen should come back after the COVID issues, although now Austin Eckler's hurt. So um, I'm going to take Kansas City to uh, to win and cover as well. Um, moving on, the Vegas Raiders going to Cleveland on Saturday. We got those Saturday games back, like you mentioned earlier, which is always fun. Um so Vegas at Cleveland Saturday afternoon. Cleveland's a three-point favorite at home. That number came down actually from about five because of like Jarvis Landry and a bunch of other guys having um, COVID. Although um, no such concerns for uh, for Nick Chubb and Baker, kind of the big names there. Um, I'm still going to say Cleveland wins and and covers at home there. I'll say wins. I think they cover, but this isn't one that I want to bet on just because it's such a you know a lot crash. of unknown. Yeah. Um, moving along here to another huge game. Um, New England is coming into Lucas Oil to take on the Colts. Um, Colts obviously in the thick of that kind of wild card hunt now in the, the sixth spot. New England obviously holding the, the one seed. So um, I'll start us off, let you go second. Uh, Colts are actually two-point favorites at home. Maybe um, a, bit of a bit of a minor surprise here, although they are coming off a bye. Over-unders 46. Um, well, the Patriots are coming off by two, but um, really tough. You know, the Colts kind of needed a little more just given the uh, wild card situation, but the Patriots still have a ton to play for. So um, tough, but I, I am going to take uh, New England to go on the road and, and win this one. Yeah, I mean, both our teams do play a very similar style too. I mean, it's it's run the football, play great defense, and then try not to make our quarterbacks do too much. Uh, I'm going to take my Colts, though, because it's at home, and I think these are very even teams. Obviously, New England with a little bit of a leg up in the sense of how they perform in the AFC, but I really do think my Colts need this one way more, and I think for that reason, we'll hopefully put up a great performance at home. It is interesting. Vegas does more or less agree with you that the teams are uh, are even. So, um, But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll move along here. Arizona going to Detroit, first 1 o'clock game of the Sunday slate. Arizona's 13 and a half point favorites over under um, is 47 and a half. I'll say Arizona wins and covers. I'm taking the win. I'm not going to confidently say cover because it just seemed like a team that's 
you know, still trying to find it again after guys come back from injuries. They've still been good, but not the Arizona early in the year. So I'm going to take Arizona win, but not to cover. All right. Um, one, one o'clock, we got the Panthers going to the Buffalo Bills um, in Orchard Park um, at one o'clock Sunday afternoon. Buffalo's a 10-point favorite at home. Overrunner is 43 and a half. I guess if they set up, it's Cam or PJ Walker. Obviously, Cam got benched last week, but um, I'd imagine they go back to PJ this week. I don't know if it's uh, – do we know? No idea. All right, I'm going to take Bills to, uh, to win and cover. I think the Bills might start getting it rolling here after um, that late comeback against Tampa Bay, and, you know, obviously they're in desperation mode at this point. So, I think oh. they'll cover, but I'm not super comfortable with them covering. I'll, I'll take them to win for sure, though. Sounds good. Um, Washington, uh, another big game here going to Philly. Um, one o'clock, um, Lincoln Financial. Philly is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 44-and-a-half. Obviously, this is another game with tons of COVID concerns, specifically on the defensive side for Washington. Taylor Heineke left the game against Dallas, but should be fine to play. And then Terry McLaurin is probably the biggest name on that list of, of guys not – we don't know who's going to play. I'd say it's probably doubtful given the concussion situation. J.D. McKissick's another huge name that they didn't have against Dallas that hopefully will come back. So, so much up in the air. Given – although Hurts also, you don't know if Hurts is going to play. So, lots of injuries up in the air. I just think we, we're too decimated right now. It's so hard to go on the road and beat Philly. Um, coming off a bye week, they're going to be fresh. So um, I, I keep going first on accident, but um, I'll say Philly wins and covers. I think Philly wins and covers too. All right. I'm finally going to remember to make you go first here. Dallas um, coming off that big win and, and more or less kind of solidifying their spot at the top of the division. Um Going to MetLife to take on the Giants. 1 p.m. start. Dallas is a 10.5-point favorite. Over-under is 44.5. Who do you got? I'm never going to take somebody to cover over 10.5 in the NFC East, but I'll take Dallas to win that game. <laughs> yeah, I have the Giants covering that number, but um, certainly Dallas winning. Um, Houston at Jacksonville, 1 p.m. <laughs> Jacksonville is just an absolute mess right now. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but it is uh, not good. Some of the reports, whether, you know, some of them certainly are probably just rumors, but um, just a mess. But Jacksonville finds themselves a three-point favorite um, against a similarly bottom-dwelling Houston team that has now turned to Davis Mills. Over-under is a minuscule 39 and a half. Sigh. I just got to ask you this question real quick. I know we're making picks, but did you hear the report that Houston – might if Davis Mills figures uh, finishes the season well, that they might draft a defensive player in the draft and just roll with Davis Mills for the next season. I actually don't think Davis Mills like looks that horribly. I mean, again, he's playing on the Texans here. You knew he had a little bit of development to work on. I don't think it's going that bad for Davis. Mills. But you got to capitalize on your opportunities to pick quarterback. Anyway, that's a conversation. Well, this quarterback draft is horrible though. Like, who would you actually pick in the top? five at quarterback this year which is an interesting question if you have an answer i would just trade down and yeah. drop him later but Pick i would go ahead and go with jacksonville just because i think they have a little more talent i mean this is actually one of the harder games to pick on the, on the slate because both teams could very well let you down so yeah i'll pick houston no reason in particular um jets miami one o'clock miami eight and a eight and a half point favorite over under is 42 Say Miami wins, but does not cover. Yeah, I'll say win, no cover. Although, you know what? I'll take win and cover because Elijah Moore's out. And they might get Michael Carter back, but. 
Yeah. I felt like Elijah Moore's been such a focal point of their offense for him. Sure. Not, not gonna the Dolphins have huge running back uh, COVID concerns. All of their running backs got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it really matters. But um, Tennessee, um, kind of a tricky game here going to Pittsburgh um, in Heinz Field. One o'clock start. Tennessee's a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Over-under is 41-and-a-half. Um, this, is, this is a tough game but to, uh, to pick. Who do you got? All by the side, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think the way they finish off the second half with the Vikings, going to give them a little momentum coming into this one. They have more to play for because they need to win to secure a playoff spot. And also, I just find that, you know, obviously the winning against they, they won 20 to nothing, so that's good for Tennessee, but they have not been very good against good teams since the, all the injury that they've had. So I, I find Pittsburgh is going to pull this one out. Yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh's a particularly good team, though. Um, you make some good points, though. You tempt me, but I'm going to stick with uh, Tennessee winning cover. Um, Atlanta, not playing bad. I mean, they beat Carolina. Carolina's Carolina, and Cam Cam looked awful. But um, Atlanta, I mean, if Atlanta actually wants to make the playoffs, they've got a decent opportunity here to uh, go on the road and beat San Francisco. Um, Four o'clock start. San Francisco is a nine-point favorite at home now. Um, Over/under is forty-six. No, I say San Francisco wins. I'll say Atlanta covers, but. I think San Francisco gets it done, no problem. Oh, boy, we're going to have a tough time picking spreads this week, man, because I got San Francisco winning and covering. <laughs> we'll figure it out, as always. Um, another 4 o'clock start. Pretty big game here when you look at um, almost similar to Atlanta. I'm not sure anyone's actually giving Denver a chance, but they very much, by the looks of the records, have uh, have an opportunity here. So, well, you um, say that, but they're projected to win this game. So Right, exactly. So Cincinnati coming into uh, mile high for a 4 o'clock kick. Denver's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 43-and-a-half. Um, big one here. Who do you got? Cincinnati. Not, not because Denver isn't – I think Denver's better than people give them credit for being. I don't want to take that away from them. But I do think Cincinnati, after last week having a really close game with the Bengals, will bounce back and, and win this one. You know what? I had Cincinnati. I'm going to flip. Denver's just been running the ball so well. Um, so I'm going to give them a win at home here. Um Fair. Seattle going to SoFi to take on the Rams. Rams are four and a half point favorites, um, which I imagine is COVID related. because I think the line probably started um, a decent bit higher. Um, Over-under is 45 and a half. Um, I'll say Rams win and cover. Yeah, I'm torn on this. I mean, I think they'll win and cover too. I, 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 you know, Russell Wilson's been playing so much better, but at the same time, I still think they'll win and cover. Yeah. I mean, it's, are there, what are the big, like it's, I mean, Beckham seemed like the big one, but I didn't. Who else? Uh, and the main players are still fine from a COVID perspective. Daryl Henderson hopefully comes back. He, he was right. Down. They could even be getting more healthy. So um, I was kind of surprised the line dipped so so much. I think it dipped to. Well, you got to also consider the Seahawks beat the 49ers. Yeah, they're not bad. But... I mean, obviously it's Houston, but they won. They won big. So Seahawks, are, you know, they, I think people feel the Seahawks are bouncing back too. So. Yeah, Rashad Penny. Check out your waiver wires if you need a running back in fantasy. So, um, Green Bay at Baltimore, four o'clock. Green Bay's five point favorite, 43 and a half to the over under. Looks like Lamar is, what are we saying, more doubtful than questionable, but a true questionable, maybe? I don't know. I actually don't know. This is my lock of the week. Like, because Green Bay, just, just, yeah, the concerns. Well, actually, the other concern, though, is there is a chance Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, very minimal. But there is a chance they might just have surgery on his toe this week and have him miss this upcoming week. That's not a guarantee. 
But if Rodgers is playing, there's no way I'm not picking Green Bay to win and cover. Because even if Lamar is healthy, I find that the Packers have just been playing at a level that's so impressive. I think they can win by a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little confused by the number given uh, Lamar's status. Um, although Huntley can move the ball a little bit, but I do like the 43 and a half is pretty low as well. If Aaron's playing, he can almost do that on his own against the beat up uh, Baltimore secondary. So, um, all right, Sunday night football, New Orleans and Tampa Bay, always a good game. You know, New Orleans kind of has Tampa Bay's number, um, specifically Tom's number. Um, Tampa Bay is an 11 point favorite though. Um, over under is 47. I have Tampa Bay winning, but not covering. This feels very disrespectful to New Orleans to say that Tampa Bay is going to beat them by 11. Like I understand the team's different than when they beat Tampa Bay earlier in the year, but it's the same coach and, you know, the same running back and, you know, same defensive players that beat Tampa Bay earlier in their year. I do think Tampa Bay will win, but I don't think New Orleans is going to lose by 11. That's, I mean, that seems disrespectful. Yeah. Alvin Kamara's back makes a big difference. Um, all right. Monday night football, uh, Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota's a three and a half point favorite on the road over under is 44. Justin Fields um, kind of has some injuries, but I think he's fine. I don't think there's any concern. He's not going to play. It's non-throwing hand stuff um, among other things. So Big game for the Vikings. It's a tough divisional game, but they need every win they can get to make sure they they hold on to a potential playoff spot. So um, who do you got? What, okay, first and foremost, why do they keep giving us this division's games as primetime games, especially like, like did they think Chicago was going to be good? They just gave Chicago back-to-back weeks of Sunday night football and Monday night football. I guess their fan base is loyal. I won't, dis- I won't disrespect them, but come on, bro. This is ridiculous. Actually, this is one of my picks of the week. I'm going to take Minnesota to, to cover this one. Oh, interesting. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take Chicago on the money line. Wow. I think this is a bit of a choke spot for uh, for Kirk. I think it goes high scoring here. Um, that might be biased, but... Uh, Dude, um, because really? We have after a... what Dalvin Cook did last week? You don't, you don't think they're just going to just completely take over this game? I don't. On the road. Yeah. Could be a cold weather game. Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. Give me Chicago for a, a money line spot. That's all she wrote. Should be fun. We got some good games on the card this week. Some big, uh, big divisional games, some big, you know, conference games, and we'll see what happens. It was about time I pulled the pass on uh, Zebo. It was only a matter of time. Hey, man, that's what you get for, you know, missing a week of picks. Even if you can't join the pod, you got to send them in. You got to send them in. Hey, man, uh, I feel good about my momentum nonetheless. I think every yeah, week you were- a few games, so. Sweet.